0: All righty, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, the reboot, the revamp, the rehashed, unrehearsed, reeducation of recycled musical thoughts. Was that too much, Dee? Uh, it was a little over the top, but that's okay. I mean, I got about halfway through and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm invested now, I need to go <laughs> all the way. Anyway, that voice you hear is our producer, hiding in the wings as always d the producer or d redacted yeah. prizer since facebook made me take <laughs> off the <laughs> producer because it's not your legitimate middle name yeah
1: facebook can kick my butt
0: indeed and i of course am mixed the saucy one cat sores broadcasting to you live from the land of mess and honey Carville, tennessee you all know me from our other 500 shows on ignorance <laughs> equation radio
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we're back musical osmosis we're is back. back. Yes. How do you feel? Back again.
1: Um, my God, we've got so much stuff coming up. Like I'm yeah, rewriting it out and it's ridiculous. Okay, so this Sunday is gonna be super duper awesome and if you don't pay yourself, I think you'll you'll make it through the show just fine. We are having from the epic TV show soap and the Tony Award winning uh Broadway show, the two and only the coolest ventriloquist, probably, you know, this side of Jeff Dunn, Mr. J. Johnson, who is. And that'll
0: be on our Kettle of Fish show for people who are. That will be on Kettle Fish, of Fish, of
1: course. Um, and then next Wednesday, you guys have got Al Piss of The Pissed, which yes. is just awesomeness as well. Um, and then we don't have a couple of shows until we come back because so it's time travel weekend. Which begins on Friday, the 23rd, with John Bass, formerly of Big Time Hollywood, Florida, on Comedy Central. But next month, it's having a new movie come out with Eliza Dishku called Jane Wants a Boyfriend. Nice. And he does have a title role. It's on IMDb if you want to check it out. Then, following that up on Sunday, we are the 25th, we are having theoretical physicist and time travel machine maker, Professor Ronald Mallett. Then, the 28th, we... Stop, stop, stop. Let me
0: interject here real quick. One, Ignorance Equation will be airing that day, too, and the four of us will be talking about time travel. And also, why are we doing a time travel weekend for those of you who may not know?
1: for anybody who's been living under a rock their entire lives, October 2015 happens to be the year that Marty in Back to the Future went back to the future, too. So when he arrived in the future, it was in October 2015, so of course we had to do a big fat kickoff to that. October 21st, you know.
0: to be exact.
1: Yes, so there you go. Um, and yes, we will be discussing time travel on the ignorance equation that day, and then we'll get the really smart guy in.
2: <laughs> Everything I thought that I was the really
1: smart guy. Well, he is a theoretical physicist.
0: Yeah, he's got me So I've just watched a lot of Quantum Leap, so I don't think I can compete with him.
1: (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, And then the 28th, uh, which is another musical osmosis, of course, is going to be Larry Damore of Peg Boy, which is also super awesome. And then Sunday, November 1st, who you may have recognized him on this season of America's Got Talent. He was a finalist. He is funny. He is Gary Beter. And that's going to be on our catalyst show episode that day, and that's going to be really cool. Cannot wait to talk to him. Then on the 6th of November, we are going to have from comedy film nerds, actor, comedian, and uh, part of the documentary on podcasts called Earbuds, Mr. Graham Elwood. And then on the 8th, For Kettle of Fish, we are going to have comedian Trenton Willie. And the 13th on Friday Night and Trivia, we are having, uh, we're starting the weekend of Rooftop rooftop Revolutionaries. And we're going to start that with Brian Marshall, who is from Rooftop Revolutionaries. And then on Sunday, we are having on the episode, on our panel, from Rooftop Revolutionaries. Uh, We are having Eleanor Goldfield. And then on Kettle of Fish... Also from Act um, Out, too. Oh, my bad. I had that written wrong. Yes, from Act Out. And my last
0: name, by the way, is Marshak. M-A-R-S-H-A-K. Not
1: Marshak.
0: What did I write? Just to give him his correct props.
1: Yes. And then on Kettle of Fish that day, from White Mystery, we are having Alex White. And then we are going to... End it all up with a Friday night Drunken trivia on the 20th with comedian Cyrus McQueen, and that will be our final episode of the year until our end of the year send-off show.
0: Right. We'll still do a music show. Still still doing a music show every other Wednesday, and we might do a yeah, trivia. Yeah, well, everything kind of else is trivia. Nice. But yeah, we really it's need just, to put a schedule the up on the
1: on the website.
0: Yeah, it'll be really it's just too much to go through. Oh, no, it's
1: just too much to go through. We've got so much crap going on. It, it's insane. I can't believe we have so many awesome guests coming up.
0: Yes, we have been very lucky, and I'm very, very excited, especially about Sunday. I'm going to probably have to wear a diaper so I don't pee myself during the interview (laughs) as I'm fanboying out on Jay Johnson (laughs) from my all-time favorite sitcom, all-time favorite TV show, Soap. Are you ready to rescind back into shadows so we can start our music show? Oh, by the way, guys, if anybody wants to call to welcome us back or to welcome our new co-host, the phone number here, please, D. For people to call in.
1: Of course. The number here is 646-478-3554. And if it takes me just a minute, it's because I'm ASAP, but I will try to get back ASAP.
0: All right, sir. So,
1: I will talk to you all again on Sunday.
0: Sweet. Thanks, Dee. Okay, so the intro music was a song called Alone from The Fallen One. And coincidentally tonight's new co-host, and he will be an ongoing co-host, my new co-host, as long as we're doing this show, hopefully, Um, he is never alone because he has a beautiful wife, three awesome kids. He resides from Baltimore, Maryland, and he is also from the fallen one, Mr. Odell Norman. Odell, you are here now. What's going on? (laughs) What is happening? Welcome to Musical Osmosis.
2: Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure, man. This is really awesome.
0: It is, man. It's really cool to have you on the show. I love working with people, especially people, like awesome people, but people I've known for so long. I've known you, and this is going to make us feel fucking old, but I've known you over 20 years. (laughs) A lot of the listeners tuning in today, that kind of tuning in to welcome you to the show. A lot of our friends have known you forever, but for the people who don't know Adele Norman... Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you for all the new listeners um well like you said
2: i i'm i'm living i live in Baltimore now. i've been here since o four um officially from uh the good old city of waldorf Pomfret area if you will the uh two oh six seven five region um we met at oh my gosh was it ninety five 94, 94. Yeah, 90, 94. Yeah, 94. Wow. Yeah. The OE and, days, uh, old
0: English days.
2: Old E days. Oh, my God. And goodness.
0: I don't mean antebellion, like historical old English. I mean 40s.
2: Like 40, yeah. <laughs> we're not that old.
0: but uh, Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: no, but yeah, we, we hit it off and, uh, you know, we started playing. Uh, you were the first band uh, that I was ever in. Uh, you, me, and Sergio, and then uh that
0: really you know, cool the uh, band. So-
2: ben Story was on there for a little bit, but yeah, yeah, man, it was a uh, good old government cheese, man.
0: <laughs> Indeed.
2: <laughs> and gotta uh, get
0: some cheese.
2: Gotta get it. Gotta get it. And then, then um, remember practicing at my parents' house. God, awful hours of the night, and for some reason they didn't mind it. But uh, um,
0: yeah, your parents there. were awesome. I don't know how they dealt with it. My dad wouldn't let us play within 40 blocks of him.
2: <laughs> Thank God for earplugs, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Amen. Well, uh,
2: well, yeah, went on from there and uh, uh, played in, of course, Onus, and our kid Dynamite slash Onus if you, with uh, Sergio and Andy Dorsey and Dave Knight and did that for a whole bunch of years and uh, and then the Fallen one after that. Uh, so, Fortunate enough and there to,
0: was a little uh, pocket in there where you did drum for even Steven as well. Yes,
2: and well, even, one even of our
0: Steven, I was, drums?
2: <laughs> I was like the, uh, the the residential drummer. Like if if uh, if, you, if something went her. down and you, yeah. <laughs> so no, but that that was that was awesome. That was my first touring experience was with Even Steven. So that was that was uh, quite the uh, quite the journey there, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think we learned a lot in Cootstown. I think we kind of came of age in Town. They should make a documentary about how me and you came of age on that tour to Cootstown, playing that bed and breakfast.
2: Old, oh, my goodness. I just remember the owners, you know, they had no clue what they were getting themselves into. <laughs> Started playing. Us said, uh was it, uh, FDA? Uh,
0: Pay for love.
2: <laughs> yes. Good old Adam Thorne. He's up here now. He's up in Baltimore now. So, right
0: on. We'll have to get him on yeah. the show one day. Oh yeah, he's.
2: Been, um, I'll have to. Uh, I know he's in a band, and um, I can't remember the name of him right now. But um, I'll definitely uh, uh, shoot a note out to him. But I know he's been up here for a handful of months, if not maybe a year or so. But he's been up here for a little bit now.
0: So. Well, speaking of playing music, you still play music, and I was wondering this. I can't believe we've never had this conversation. Are you playing <laughs> with any intent now of becoming successful at it, or is this just like I'm forty now, so I'm just playing for the pure joy of playing? Or is yeah. there still something in the back of your mind? I could go on tour.
2: Uh, no, there's there's no touring, uh, especially with a wife and three kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, at this stage, but um, you know, I, I think our our intent now is just to play a couple of shows here and there, maybe, um, play a couple of, the, you know, festivals that they have around here. Um, you know, we, we get together usually it's every other week, every other Friday, if you will. And, um, you know, uh, there's, you know, we're older now. So, you know, another person in the band, Chris, who was actually in the Fallen one too, you know, he has a son as well. So, uh, our, our, our time is taken up, uh, with the family, the family life now. But, uh, Fortunately, I have a, a wonderful wife who lets me uh, still get to go out and uh, be a kid here and there. So uh,
0: yeah, you can't do this without up. a cool woman. I couldn't be doing the show no. if I didn't have an excellent wife. You couldn't be doing what you're doing. It is all about the women that's behind us. Exactly, exactly. So um,
2: yeah, you know, she knows that that's my creative out, you know, uh, creative outlet, and she lets me do that, you know, a couple times a week. So it's really nice.
0: Right on. So I was talking to you earlier this week, and I was like, you know, maybe this is because we're in our forties now, and I'm comfortable in my own skin. But we've really gone from Rocky out there in the ring punching to Mickey behind the sidelines, yeah. kind of like spewing out our experience and expertise. And you had a one up to me and said, Mr. Mister Minog- Mr. Miyagi.
2: <laughs> and that's true, right? I mean,
0: all the listeners out yeah. there that are twenty, all the millennials are a bunch of little Daniel sons to us now, right?
2: Yeah, they, yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. You know, when you're at work and you're talking about, you mentioned a show or you mentioned a band or something, and they're like, "I don't, I don't know that." You're like, "Oh my gosh, I am old." <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know. So, so being but, uh, somebody
0: who has toured, been in the studio a bunch of times, have played with fairly recognized bands, have interacted with a lot of people in the music biz, what um, advice do you have for the millennials coming up playing music? I mean, because it's all white noise, right? I mean, you make, a, yeah. you make a video and you stick it up on YouTube, you self-produce it, put it up on YouTube or put your music up on a site. It's good yeah. where it's so accessible, but you're also competing – with literally, I mean, the the pool Millions. of what kids are competing with today compared to what we were competing with, because who wants to put down the bong when they're 19 and go pound the pavement and put flyers on telephone poles? You know, yep, like, yep. we had a lot less competition. We had a lot less access, but we had a lot less competition. Like, sure. is that better now that there's more access, even though it's all kinds of blends into just white noise? Or is it worse because you're not having the you're not having to earn it like you used to have to earn it. I mean, I used to sit there in my living room on my landline and call clubs and mail out CDs that I oh, stuck yeah. the stickers on them and put the album covers together and shit. Was yep. that better?
2: I think it's it, I think it's a give and take. I think um, the access that bands have nowadays, like when I stopped playing uh, when the following one ended, it was uh, mid 2007. So um MySpace was the big thing. And that made yeah. it so much easier to, to uh that made it so much easier to get to play with bands outside of your area because you always had bands that were touring and they basically they would go and check out how many shows your band has or if 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 they could get on a bill because you're playing around the same time that they need to play. So from that standpoint, um we, You know, we were able to play with bands, you know, from Houston, uh, from California, from overseas, which is, you know, probably something that we wouldn't have been able to do if it, if it was back in the 90s or whatever, where, you know, it was just flyers, you know, around, you know, Southern Maryland or in D.C. or whatever at whatever. Yeah, we played
0: that. a show with the Peewees. I think before you were in the band or back in the band the fifth time or however, there's so many drummers mm-hmm. that can't keep track, but the Peewees were, were from Italy and we met them online yeah. and they came over. I, and we I played remember that food show. For yeah. Thought. Yeah.
2: Food for thought. yeah. I remember that. I remember that.
0: Yeah, that would have been days. possible like before MySpace and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, so it's a, it's a give and take. Cause I know like with Onus and the Fallen one, you know, the internet was just starting to kick in. So, um, but we still had to go out and flyer. We still had to go out and promote our show manually, as well as you know electronically. And um, so we still had the best of both worlds, if you will. But nowadays, I mean, you can man, it's 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 so I, I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it's like you can make a really good video with home equipment. You can make a really good out with home Equipment now, oh yeah, on your phone. I mean, the best pictures come out on on your phone now and and you can do that and put it up and you know you send it you put it out there and hey you you know you get fifty thousand likes in in a, in a couple of weeks if it's good and then all of a sudden you have a you know a record company interest in you or I mean you've seen all the so it it, it works both ways I I still think yeah but it's not even band, worth
0: going to a label anymore right I mean you're better off no 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 no
2: I don't it. think so I yeah, mean so. and and, it, and, that's, and I think for a lot of the smaller labels the main thing is just getting on the bigger labels is for distribution if anything else that's it it's pretty much like and that's what I think the larger labels are doing now they just go and they're like hey we'll help you distribute your band stuff instead of hey we'll we'll take you in and you make a major label album and we give you a whole set of money and and then this that and this and that now it's like oh wow you've already sold this many copies or you have this many downloads or Heck, and even sometimes, yeah, you know, you have these many rain tones and yeah, and it's like it's, and that's the, and that's the tough thing I think about. A, uh, I think that's the one thing that a lot of bands do miss. Um, and, and I know we'll talk about a, a couple bands tonight that they still, they still do is that they make great albums. A lot of bands don't make great albums. A lot of bands, you know, have a couple songs and put it out, and then, you know, because nowadays you don't have to make a. A great, great album. You can have a couple songs that are really good and those people are going to download their songs. They don't have to buy the whole album to get the songs that they want. But I think the art of making a great album um, I think, you know, at least for the mainstream bands that are out now, um, I don't know if that's really the case. It's more like, okay, you just get that, get that hit for it, get that hit for it. Um,
0: yeah, but you know what's but, crazy is I was reading an interview with Sebastian Bach from Skid Row, and I guess he's mm-hmm. back with Skid Row, and he's like he, – I was listening to him do an interview. Was, I think it was on Dee Snider's show or Chris Jericho's show. Um, it was mm-hmm. something on Podcast One, and he was talking about okay. how he's got like fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 fans, or it might have been more than that. might have been like 100,000 fans on his Facebook, yet his album only sold like 11,000 copies. And yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, that's cool, but then he said something crazy to me. He's like, Yeah well, later on the show he said, We're nineteenth on the Billboard or Album Broken at nineteen and I'm thinking you're fucking album broken at nineteen with eleven thousand sales? 11,
2: yeah, dude. If you go if you go on Billboard and look at some of the album sales, if if it's not a m if it's not somebody like a um I don't know, like a uh a, for like a, a, a Nicki Minaj or, or, or Drake or somebody like that. Album sales are crazy low. I mean, they're like low, and you're like, and then, but the thing is, those companies take those album sales, they're like, well, we have the number one album on Billboard, and then you go and actually look at how many they sold, and it's only like 20,000. You're like, man, geez, that's
0: not a lot. I mean, you what know? would it take for you to break into the top 20? when we were kids, when we were young, like in the 90s, it would have took like hundreds of thousands of albums sold to break into yeah. the top 20, right? Oh, easily, I, mean, I have researched easily. the numbers, but I mean, that was shocking. I was like, you sold 11,000 albums and broke the top 20? Yeah. How is that even possible?
2: And then the way the genres are broken up now, too, there's so many different genres. It's like, you have... I don't, I don't even know, I can't even keep up, because sometimes I get stuff on, on you know, I, all like a particular uh, magazine or something, and they have so many different genres of music that's broken up into sub genres that are broken up into another subgenre, And you're like, okay, I, I can't keep up with it. Whatever, whatever happened to, I know alternative was alternative and punk was punk and metal was metal. And, and when
0: when helmet came out with <laughs> short hair and said, we're metal, that was the end of genres. They fucked it all up. <laughs> They were like after oh, it <laughs> I remember when that video came out, I think I was um hanging out at Jason Netherton's house at a world premiered a new helmet. I guess they had had yeah. it out before and I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And the guys come yeah. out and they kind of like have army jackets on and like like khaki looking pants and short hair and I was like, Who are these guys? They don't have long hair. What? This mm-hmm. is metal and that was really started and then you saw um grunge breaks shortly after that and that just blew open yeah. the doors of what well, you know you, you remember
2: i mean look at the time when um for example when nirvana was on headbangers ball you know it was like it didn't it didn't go it was like wow nirvana, okay you know i didn't i would you know I had nirvana probably my favorite band ever and it was like they're not metal but you know what that was the thing that was the only bands. outlet at that time yeah and then all sudden, you know you know you know, 120 minutes and all that stuff was, it was there, but it wasn't as prominent. But once, you know, like they took off and then of course, you know, Nine Inch Nails really, really took off. And then all these other, like Alice and Chains, you know, people, people forget Alice and Chains was out well before Nirvana was out. You know, I oh, was yeah. Like a sophomore in high school when Alice and Chains and Soundgarden and all those bands came out and people just sort of just was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a band from uh, Seattle. They're pretty cool, but then all of a sudden it was like, you know, Nirvana came out and broke it big, and then all of a sudden everybody was like, when, you know, Kurt Cobain or, you know, Dave Grohl or Chris Novoselic spoke, and they were like, well, you know, we, we listened to a lot of the Pixies or, you know, Kurt Cobain was wearing a Soundgarden T-shirt, in a, you know, in an interview, and then all of a sudden their album sales took off because that's what those guys were wearing or that's what those guys were listening to. So everybody was like, because, um, well, uh, what's the band? Um uh, that, uh, Josh Holm from, um, Queens of the Stone Age was then in initially Creus or uh, I forgot what they were called. It started with a K. You... I'm
0: not sure. Chris was it a grunge cru- band?
2: Yeah. They were like a heavy metal, they were like heavy. But they played with Nirvana, and I never forget, uh, watching a little documentary on, um, it was on, um, it was the 2 Fighters documentary, or not the fighters but the, um, uh, the thing they did on HBO, um, Sonic Highway, and when they did the when they did the Seattle episode, they were talking about how, you know, um, Dave Grohl had mentioned Josh Holmes band on on an interview. And then all of a sudden their band sold like twenty some thousand copies within wow. the next week. <laughs> Just because, you know, Dave Grohl from Nirvana said, Yeah, you need to check this band out, they're really good, this is what we're listening to And all of a sudden it was like everybody was like, yeah, let's get it, you know. So Yeah, and I mean
0: that's how it works. I mean we come from a town that's known primarily because that's where Good Charlotte comes from, and I don't want to go down the Good Charlotte rabbit hole. But watching those kids grow up and then kind of make it into millionaires, and you saw the process that they went through and how they kind of had the money back in them and all the ends when other people were really out there struggling and sweating for it. So I mean a lot of times it's not fair, but you know, I'm of the school of thought that creativity is so broad, like even Steven never made it, but then since I, I've got that creativity burning in me, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, now I'm going to do this thing. That thing didn't work. Like I was writing for a while, now I'm doing the radio shows. Right place, right time, that's clicking. And now I yeah, have something yeah. that I can maybe parlay into something else up the road, and I've had some opportunities from it. I mean, there, I just went up the over the summer and did a podcast that's on the Nerdist Network, so it's not like yep. these things don't lead to other things. And it's kind no, of, that's the new world. You know, you just have yep. to do things, hope they lead to other things, and just keep meeting people and talking to people. And then once people are like, I kind of heard your name back there somewhere. So, yeah, you must be legit. And then other people mm-hmm. get involved and you build a little community or get involved with a community. Then you're kind of like building your own product or building your own name recognition. And then you can kind yep. of break through, not that, it's about money or anything like that, but everybody dreams of doing what they love for a living. Everybody and dreams
2: big, yeah. You dream big, but it's like the reality, you know, when you get into it is, I know uh, in the fall, when we, you know, we were fortunate to sign to a couple of small labels, and, um, but it, it was like, the work increased. It was like even harder, like once we signed, because it was like, okay, I, you know, so-and-so has this set up, so uh, you, know, you guys need to play here, or you know, all the legal issues and all the kind of stuff. So it didn't get easier, but, you know, and, you know, that's another, that's a whole other topic, but it's like, you know, you just got to keep working at it. If you really believe in it, and, you know, as much as, you know, you know, the bands that make it are the ones that you, you know, that really, really are the ones that, you know, you know, they believe in it. They But it takes everybody, too. It's just about one or two people can carry the whole load it's be, I learned like uh, that it, lesson
0: you know. you've, gotta, <laughs> you've gotta be a unit, man. You can't drag people yeah, can. kicking and screaming, yeah. and yeah. I think that was the big problem with even Steven's demise yeah. is you know everybody was kind of- r- reaping the benefit, but I was putting in a lot of the work as far as the promoting and getting the gigs. I booked all our gigs oh, yeah. and I wrote all our songs, and everybody was kind of reaping that benefit, but I don't feel like the workload was equal, but I mean everybody was <laughs> happy to be there <laughs> you but, went two
2: festivals, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely. You threw two festivals, and you think about it, you threw two festivals from a a, a week, yeah, actually three, uh, yeah, and then you threw them basically from, think about it, how it went from us playing at Heisman's and the comic book store to doing festivals, you know. I mean, literally, it was like, I was, not too long ago, I remember I was talking to Serge before uh, before he left, and, um, I was like, man, you remember one summer we were literally at Heisman's every Saturday night.
0: Didn't realize
2: it until we actually it was like, because somebody was playing or we were playing,
0: right? Or somebody yeah. we
2: knew was playing, or you know. So it was like every weekend we were at Heisman's. and then and then on Sundays, you know, it was like we were at the comic book store with with you know watching the show. And I remember doing that in college, like going. Either playing at the comic book store or going to a show there, and then literally leaving there and going back up to Frostburg, you know, that night to go to class. Yeah, so it was a, it was we were quite stuff,
0: hardy yeah. back then, weren't we? I couldn't do that yeah. shit today. <laughs> no. We were pretty <laughs> resilient in those days. All right, we got to move on to our little homework assignment, but real quick. Yeah, man. You being um, somebody who is very experienced, more knowledgeable about music, and more experienced than I am. I, you know, even Steven ran a couple years. You've been playing in professional bands God, forever. What advice do you <laughs> have to the younger generation? What are the pitfalls? What should they look out for? What should they focus on? Uh, one. Um, this is your Miyagi breathe. moment. Okay, this is it. Okay, I got
2: I got Daniel by the tent, and I'm giving him the paintbrush. So it's yeah. like you know you got you got to breathe in and breathe out. But um, the number one, (laughs) the number one thing is I would tell a band you got to treat it like a relationship. You can't you can't have you know a couple people doing one thing and a couple people doing another thing and then no one's talking to each other. You got to you got to treat it like a relationship. You got to communicate. You got to keep those lines open at all times, no matter how tense it gets. If somebody doesn't have money, if somebody you know can't afford to do this or do this, somebody has to have that person's back so they don't feel like you know, yeah, they're definitely. left out or, or something like that. Um, Two, if you're hungry, you know, just stay focused. That's the only thing. I. You can do what you want to do. That's what I always said. Like with the Fallen one, we took it as far as I think we we could because at the time that we were really, really playing um and, pl- and playing hard, everybody was focused on that goal. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to play, you know, South by Southwest twice. We got to, you know, play with a lot of bands that we looked up to. Um, we got to, you know, open for them or, you know, play a couple of shows with them here and there. Um, and that was because we were focused on, on that. And that was our, that was our focus. And, and that's the advice I would give people. Like there's going to be times where it's going to be a law, you know, um, where you're not going to have a show where it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be tough to get a show, things of that nature, but you just got to, you got to bulldoze your way through it and, and, and stay focused and, I think nowadays it's a lot easier, too, to get shows uh, than it was, you know. In the back of the day, you'd go up and give a CD to somebody or you'd have to go up there during their booking hours, and usually it was like, okay, and then, you know, we'll call you. But nowadays you can – there's some clubs like the Bar over here. You can sign a a, a gig request form online and um, and actually send your stuff and, and a link to Facebook or whatever your music's to, and they can just check it from online and they'll get back with you. So um if you just if you stay focused and keep those lines of communication open between between each other, there shouldn't be a problem.
0: And one more thing I would add in my short little tenure as being in a semi professional van, is if you feel yourself being static, if you feel like you guys are playing the same nine songs over and over again and the creative juices aren't flowing, like don't be afraid to burn it to the ground and start all over. No. Just scrap everything, start scrap all over, everything. fresh perspective, yep. move the drum set to the other fucking side of the room so you have yep. a different exactly. perspective. Just shake it yep. up. Don't don't be like, oh, we are so invested in these three really popular songs. We have to build the whole exactly. foundation no, it's, of what it's, we're it's doing about on you.
2: that. It's, a, it's about you. That's the one thing. You know, people, bands, the bands that really, like, for example, I always use this example when I talk to people about bands. It's like you look at a band like Radiohead, and then you look at a band, and, and I'm not trying to knock anybody, but if you look at a band like Sugar Ray, when when Radiohead and Sugar Ray came out, um, they were both really, really good bands. Sugar Ray, a lot of people don't realize, but like their first album was very hard. It was very hard and aggressive. And then they had the hit, you know, Fly or whatever that song was. They had that hit, and then after that, it was like every freaking song that they made sounded like that song. Same that they thing had the happened hit. with
0: the Offspring.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it was like, no, this is not, keep doing what you're doing. Radiohead, they come out with OK Computer, which is arguably, the, you know, you can argue that's one of the greatest albums ever. And basically those guys almost had a nervous breakdown from doing that album. And then they come back and they're like, how are we going to top that album? Not just a song, but a whole album. And then they come back and they top it it. But they go in a totally different direction. Just like you said, they basically were like, you know what? We're done this. We're done this. We'll, we'll do a little electronic mixed in with dub stuff and, and, and more noise, crazy stuff. But it, it's their stuff. They believe in it. And people, I remember critics were like, well, this doesn't sound like, you know, OK Computer. Well, it shouldn't have to sound like OK Computer. If you want OK Computer, just listen to it. So yeah. it's like, you know, this band is com- doing, they, but they literally said, I remember re- reading an interview when they were like, we literally had a nervous breakdown from doing that album. So we had to literally scrap everything that we did and come with something completely new. And, and you see where they are. <laughs> so, it takes guts. You know. yeah, All right, well, let's move on
0: up. to our musical homework assignment, what I did. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to keep doing this. I guess it depends on the feedback and if we can wedge it in, in between interviews with other bands. Interviews or maybe, stuff, yeah. Like, I don't know how any of this is going to work. I don't even know how the timing of all this is going to work because we haven't done a music show in a couple years. But I yeah. wrote you and I was like, hey, give me three bands you really like you don't think I would have ever heard of. I'll send you three <laughs> bands that I really like I think you never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I think the results ended up good. I think we found some new music, which I, you know, I was sweating bullets because I was like, how the fuck <laughs> am I going to stump Odell? He knows every band from every corner oh, yeah. of this planet. And I was actually yeah. shocked. You never heard of the Orwells? How is this possible? No, I didn't. I I, I don't know if I just
2: I missed them or I I, I didn't know of them. I, and um, you sent me the the their songs, and I'm like, man, this band is really really good. I don't, I knew uh, the other bands that you. I, I knew uh, once you told me who the, uh, the 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 main guy was from, I was like, oh yeah, I know that band. Yeah, yeah, Vinnie but
0: Paz is from Jedi. Yeah, Mind from a Jedi Mind
2: Trick. I was like oh yeah I know their stuff I love their stuff but this band is like really 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 good so
0: yeah. and had you heard yeah. of um, Introspect because they're an- another band that I'm really yeah. right now
2: yeah I like them a lot too like I've heard them a few times on um, when I had I don't have it anymore but when I had Satellite Radio they used to play a lot of their stuff on like the Faction Station and then um, uh, 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 what's his name Marky Ramone had his uh, his own show his, uh, Punk Rock Blitzkrieg and um, he used to play them a lot on, on his show as well so I knew them as well Cause, because it was cool because on the radio, um, when their song and name comes up, it comes up just like the way you sent it to me in the email. So I was like, it stood out. So I was like, oh,
0: yeah. It's oh, cool. yeah, with a five Especially, in the middle. Yep, yep. All righty. Well, let's play some Orwells, and then we'll kind of break it down, and um, you kind of told us what you thought about it. But let us let me play the song that you had said, hey, this is a song I want to hear on the show from the Orwells, the one that really spoke to you. Let's play Let It Burn by the Orwells, and we'll be back in about three minutes to kind of dissect this.
2: Sounds good.
1: running out of time.
2: So Odell, what do you think about it? Oh, I think it's really good. I thought it was pretty good.
1: Like, cool. I, like, I like
2: yeah, I like the whole uh the whole um they remind me a lot of like uh, like the Stooges and um like the singer reminds me, he has a Jim Morrison type voice, you know, very Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Little a little bit. darky
2: dark a little bit. But um they remind me a lot of the Stooges and like the strokes, those type of band so
1: Saucy, so why do you like they're I so think.
2: young. They are young. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool.
1: Um, yeah, I, it, I don't
0: know. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty, so I'm kind of stepping in for Nick here in a second. Oh, okay. I know. Oh, uh, hey. I but can you, could you Hi. not hear me? No. I can hear you now. Oh, yes. I, the whole time I thought you guys could hear me. No, that's yeah. why I jumped in. Oh well, thank you for saving my ass. That would have been embarrassing. Actually, I could. I I wasn't even talking. That was totally scripted. Nothing <laughs> to see here. Move along. Right. Thank you, D. See what I'm talking about, end? Where would we be without our oh, women? No, no. What was it about um the Orwells that kind of spoke to you directly? Like, this, did you uh, like them the right fact- off the bat, or did you have to listen to them a couple times?
2: No, well, the first it gra- the the video grabbed me. The, the video, the first video you grabbed me. The, the the images. I was like, whoa, okay. Um, but they they really reminded me, um, like, I, I'm a big Iggy Pop fan, so they remind me a lot of, like, the Stooges, like, their sound. Like, the Stooges, they have, it's just straightforward, you know. They have the layering to it, you know, like a lot of the Chicago bands do, but it's just very straightforward. And then it was funny because when I first heard the song, I didn't see the video because I thought they were, like, older guys. And then I'm looking right. at them, and I'm like, man, these guys are kids. Like, <laughs> So does kids, that make man. you
0: feel like give you energy and feel rejuvenated, or does that make you feel like damn I'm old
2: well both <laughs> I think it, it 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 was both but it was like i'm I was reading their bio, and I'm like, man, they you know they went to high school and graduated early so they could go out and like tour you know
0: so yeah, that's amazing,
2: um, you know that you can give big kudos to the uh
0: to the parents um, um from that so Oh, yeah, and that's a big piece of it. It's not like back in the day when I played in punk bands and we all came from dysfunctional, messed up homes, so it didn't matter. Like now you have to kind of be tech savvy and have your head really firmly screwed onto your shoulders to be able to put out quality music. It isn't like a right. bunch of guys get drunk in a garage and then just kind of say, I'm going to play at this shithole hole." and some of my drunk friends are going to come out, like, you really have to step up your game now if you want yeah, to distinguish yeah. yourself from the other billion people out there trying to do this thing. Well, the
2: crazy thing is, too, is, like, a lot of... It's funny because a lot of the, like, I guess the indie bands now, the sound is so different from them. And so it's like... But, I'm like, for us, it's like, oh, this is a cool sound because this is sort of the stuff that we listen to, but... For the you know the audience now, this is different. You know, this is like, oh man, it, you know, they're, they're playing guitars and, and and
0: they're jumping around
2: on stage and 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 doing silly stuff. You know, it, it's not all you know keyboard centric and, and yeah. looking all sad and everything. So, um, I I, I really like them though, and they yeah, they got a little cockiness to them too, man. I've I've seen a couple of interviews and they are not um one to bite their tongues on. If they That's like good music, they don't like music. <laughs> yeah, it's That's really music good. music needs oh,
0: right now. Music needs a little bit of guts, needs a little bit of piss and vinegar in it. Mm-hmm. I definitely think so anyways. Okay, you sent me some bands, and the band that I picked out of all of those was the Screaming Females. How did these cats come yeah. on your radar? Because I had never heard of them.
2: Ryan Taylor. Uh, I, played, I played drums with him in, uh, in the band that we jam out with, uh, on Fridays with Chris and uh, Andy Dorsey and um he, we like at the end of practice like you know a lot of people do we we sit around and we just start throwing music at each other and we go on YouTube and check out their stuff and he was like oh man you got to check out this band um Screaming Female they do a cover of Shake It Off and I was like you know Taylor Swift song he was like yeah and I I did not know what to expect and then I watched it and I was like holy cow this band is really really good it's they're so good that like my kids you know my kids are six two and today four months actually for a little wow and um yeah and um lily and Linus know taylor swift like they you know they they see her see her songs on the little kid shows or commercials the kids bop and all that stuff but when i play played them the rock version you know like, there's times where it's just me and Linus, and he'll be like, hey, Dad, can you play Shake It Off or whatever, and I'll go on my phone and I'll find it for him, and I'll put on the Taylor Swift one. He's like, no, 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 I want the one where the girl's, like, screaming. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice. So I'm like, wow, okay. If you can grab a six-year-old's attention <laughs> and be like him remembering that song uh, in that version of it, um, you're, you're saying something. <laughs>
0: And, I mean, that but means no, a lot, too. When you think about music and your kids, like in the old days, your parents could, like, bust into a locked bathroom and see you there doing a lot of coke and freak out. But now it's like you <laughs> bust into a bathroom and see your kid listening to the emo. And it's like, where did mm-hmm. we go wrong? What happened? <laughs> you know, it's totally different. All right, let me play Empty Head, which is a song that I really liked. I only got oh, yeah. a chance to listen to four or five of their songs, but it's the one that really grabbed me. I'll play a couple minutes okay. of this. And then we will discuss, class. Cool. there we go. I mean, it grabbed me basically because it's bass heavy. I'm a bassist. It's really a driving song. Her voice, Mm -hmm. which I don't know the name of the singer, I really should have came prepared with um, at least her name.
2: Pattermaster, yeah, she is incredible. Yeah, she's like maybe five feet (laughs) tall. And um, a little tidbit on them: Um, she she also does the artwork uh, for their for their albums. And um, and like some of the videos, especially the more recent videos, she's done the artwork and the camera stuff with her videos as well, too. Uh,
0: Right on. And, I mean, that's another thing, too, is these kids are getting involved in every aspect of the music, where in our day we just kind of showed up and played. I mean, I was an anomaly because I was booking shows and had a club for a short time down in Norfolk, and I was like, (laughs) I want to get my hands in as many pies as possible to try to make this thing work because I was serious. But, I mean, usually back in our day, you just, like, showed up drunk, played your set, and then went home. And mm-hmm. didn't really think much beyond that, right?
2: Yes, yes. And and, and for them, they're, they, they are so, like, they, they're so what I listened to back in the day. So that's what really grabbed me about them. I was like, man, they're guitar heavy. They're, like, woman-fronted, which I always loved. And, like... um they they embrace, like, the punk roots. Like, I, I actually just watched a little uh, documentary on them. And, like, one part of it, they were in D.C. And she was like, this is, like, one of my favorite cities. They're, they're from Jersey. And um, this is one of my favorite cities to be in. And um, they got to go to the Discord house. And they hung out with Ian McKay and got to see nice. the basement and all that stuff. And she was just, like, in hog heaven, man. She was just like, this is so awesome. Oh, my God, I can't believe that we got to hang out. and So... And kids and, um, are more also,
0: open-minded about music now, right? I mean, they're not just like, I'm punk rock, that's it. I'm you know, no, metal, that was, that's it. Like, everybody's crossing no, genre, which is a good thing.
2: Really good. Yeah, there's a... Um, and down the road, we'll get into a more. There's a, a band from Baltimore that I've, I've started listening to. Um, piano uh, um, turns into teeth. And um, they were like a hardcore band. But if you were to listen to them now, their stuff... Uh, piano becomes teeth. Um their stuff is not like that anymore but it's like really good and I'm like, man, you know. 'Cause they're they're getting played on like the college radio station up here and I was like, Who is this band? And all of a sudden he said the name, I was like, They were like a hardcore band one time, but you know, now it's uh it's yeah, they they're crossing all over and um like I said with uh Screaming Females, like not only are their songs excellent, but their covers are really good too. Like, um Shake It Off is a really good cover. But she does a cover with uh, sh- uh, Garbage, like they do. It's screaming females wow, and garbage. I didn't even know
0: they were still around.
2: Yeah, and they do. Um, what's the song? Um, because the night. Oh um, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. They do that. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Who is it? Not is it Bruce Springsteen song?
2: Um, because because the night. No, no. It's the. Uh, I don't want to say it. It's like you know.
0: Because the night. Song, yeah, I know the song, but isn't it originally Bruce Springsteen? I think it was a Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, was it? I, I'm not sure, but Friday yeah, um, because of the night
1: 1978.
2: There oh. you go.
0: There,
2: but okay. Okay. But, uh, but between Shirley Manson and Marissa from Screaming uh, Screaming Females, um, there are vocals on it, and then she she's like a sick guitar player too. I think a lot of people don't realize that um, from Screaming Females. She's, a, I mean, she's the she's singing and playing guitar like that at the same time. So, like, if you listen to that cover, it's like, wow. She like, I
0: mean, well, blows, just that women blows. are more taken more seriously in rock now too because they've added a whole new dimension to the music you didn't see twenty yeah. years ago. I mean, a band yeah. like Kini Kill that was unusual. You know, and oh, and yeah. they weren't even taken seriously within their own community. And now you see yeah. these women who are really stepping it out, stepping it up. They've really broken through, and it's just added another layer to just music, rock music in general.
2: Yeah, and and you know, if you look at them, man, uh, screen, uh, screaming females—they played with everybody. They played with bands. Um, you know, they were touring with Garbage for a while. They toured with Dinosaur Jr., um, Ted Leo and the Pharmacist, uh, all the way to like. Harder bands like you know Jeff the Brotherhood, I think they played with. Um, so they they cover they cover the gamut, man. They don't you know like you said they're not ones to just um, you know label themselves as one thing and then stick with that one thing. They're all over the spectrum, and um and another really cool thing about them is they love the tour. Like they I was watching the thing they were like. They were like, basically, it was like, why do we make music and if, if we're not going to play it out? So, you know, they'll they'll tour forever. Like, they'll just get in the van and go. And uh, it was really cool. Um, you know, I mean, and, you know, they've done like six albums,
0: I think. Something like that. You know, so wow. they, they put out the albums too, man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely have to pay more attention to them. So, we're mm-hmm. almost out of time. Next Wednesday, we're going to be back with Al Piss from The Piss. Honestly, right. the reason I brought this show back was and I'll tell this story more in debt I'm sure next week. But the reason I brought this show back was just basically to speak with Al Piss. And I tried to reach him, he didn't really have a website to reach him through or a Twitter. He was on Facebook, but he had his profile set up where you couldn't if you message him it went to spam so he was never going to see it. And um he didn't have an ad button so you couldn't add him. So I always check okay. in like every two or three months I check in on his page. Hey, I wonder if I can reach Al Pist yet. And finally, he had it set up so you could add them. I added them. He accepted it. I wrote them. And I was like, well, I'm bringing back musical osmosis because he's my favorite lyricist. And I'm a guy that's much oh, more cool. driven by lyrics than music. I mean, of course, the music has to be there. I have to feel it. But if the lyrics are shit, I don't care how good the music is. If the music yeah, exactly. is so mediocre and the lyrics are there, And I mean, he's such a straightforward writer. Are you familiar? Do you got a lot of background with the pist or just kind of a passing fancy with them? Just more of a
2: passing fancy. I've been uh, since you were telling me about them. I've been like going back and and uh, doing more research on them. But yeah, their lyrics are (laughs) his lyrics are pretty intense, though.
0: Yeah, and luckily, just I think this is where. You know, I'm not a big everything-happens-for-a-reason type of guy, but I do think that there's a certain order of the universe. And at that same mm-hmm. time, I looked up the singer of Pegboy. I looked up Larry's profile, and that was resourceable, too. And I booked mm-hmm. him. And I mean, I would have never – I don't want to say I never would have gotten into punk rock, but the first punk tape I ever heard was Pegboy's Strong Reaction. Yeah. And I've told oh, that
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. show
0: before. How I basically, Pat Sheehan played it for me, and I had just met Pat, and he's like, well, You know, what do you listen to? And I'm like, I listen to like Skid Row and Warrant and Dio. And I mean, all, you know, well, not Warrant, but I'm saying some of those metal bands were good fans <laughs> <laughs> in their own right, like Iron Maiden right, and right. stuff. And I've had a couple oh, metal yeah. bands on his show before, but he played that strong reaction without all the glam Dude. and fireworks and guitar yeah. winking. And basically, yeah. I went home and took all my tapes, if you can believe I had tapes. I took all my tapes and I threw them in a closet. I was like, screw this shit. And I just went out and started gobbling up um, punk rock tapes. So having my favorite lyricists back-to-back with the band that kind of started it all for me going down the punk road. I mean, the only thing else could happen is Fat Mike from No Effects could surprise me and call in. And then I would probably (laughs) orgasm all over the place and drop dead with a perma smile on my face. Like it couldn't get any better (laughs) than doing a pissed interview back to back with a peg boy interview. I couldn't be any more excited. Anyways. um, Yeah, go ahead.
2: No, no. Peg boy. Yeah. That's one of my, they're one of my all time favorites. So when you said you were getting uh, getting them I was like, oh man. Yeah. I, and they're tied, I mean, because they're tied to making Ray Gun, all that stuff, man. It's, yeah. They go, yeah, go back, dude.
0: Oh, it's great. <laughs> all right, well, this was our first episode. I dubbed it a reboot. And, you know, it's funny because I was thinking reboot. And I'm thinking, like, all the stupid, well, not stupid Marvel movies. A lot of them are good, but I think it's dumb when they do the reboots. And there's always an English guy playing the role now in these reboots of, like, Spider-Man and stuff. And I was like, man, do I need to get an English host? Like, an English co-host because this is a reboot? Cause this is kind of like, the, <laughs> is this, you, do you feel like this is a reboot, a totally new thing? What are we doing here?
2: I think, I, I think it's, I mean, hopefully, you know, with the, the stuff that we're doing and the new ideas, it won't be more of a reboot, but like a new, like a new type of show.
0: I hope so, man. All Well, we're going we to Is that what it is? Yes. Do we, we have imagine. to get all like squiggly and blurry like we're having a dream sequence here? <laughs> No, no. It's like the new Poltergeist is a reimagining of the same story. Oh yeah, well reimaginings <laughs> are always total crap. All right, so we're going to end with my old band, even Steven. We are lucky enough to squeeze one album out, and um, actually, who's in um, Iron Boss? Is it? I, we had Mike. Mike was the one who, from FaZe who produced our album, and I guess Bruce is the one that's in Iron Boss, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I got yep. that
0: right. I'm trying to resource my memory here. It was so long ago, but I had asked you. I was like, "Hey, what even Steven song do you want me to play to close the show with?" And you said, "FBI guy." Why is that your favorite even Steven song?
2: Uh, I don't know. I love playing it. That was one. Two. The lyrics are catchy, so you know I'm sort of like you. I'm I'm, I, I like good lyrics and playing the drums. That was a fun song to play. Just build up and and then going back into the you know the fast pace and stuff. So. Alright.
0: Dee, are you still with us? You hiding back there? Behind the curtain? Yeah. Our little producer Oz here. Pay so no attention you guys, to the woman behind the curtain. What'd you guys think? Did what'd you guys think? Are we back? Is musical osmosis sure. back? Are we making magic? All right, fair <laughs> enough. I want to thank everybody who checked it out. Please spread the word. Um I know I ask a lot of my fans. I know we're running four podcasts. Radio shows, whatever you want to tag them I just call them podcasts I know we're running four different podcasts right now So maybe I'm killing you guys With too much content I don't know But, um, you know, hit us up on me or Adele's page Or Dita Producer's page Or on our Musical Osmosis page And let us know what you think Let us know if you guys have any um, suggestions I'm always open to suggestions I'm always trying to make the show better In fact, we got some feedback that the Friday show Two hours was too long to listen to an online drunken trivia show so we're cutting it back to an hour now just 15 questions instead of 21 so you know i take these seriously i mean this is everybody's show i know yeah. i'm directing yeah. traffic here but this is everyone's show i want everybody to enjoy it um i always say it i'll say it again is on the way out the door you know the show's only as good as the guests that we have on, and it's only as successful as the fans allow us to be. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. We'll see you next Wednesday with Al Pissed from the Pissed. And this Sunday, check out Kettle of Fish. We're on um, an hour special, 5 to 6, with Jay Johnson from Soap. Bye, guys. Here's FBI guy from Even Steven, my old band.
2: Peace.